And here we are. Ah, uh, yeah. What's up, Derek? Derek? <laughs> What's up, Greg? Derek? You reminded me of Derek for a little bit. Wow. You had that boyish smile. Wow, apparently, I'm I'm not jacked. <laughs> jacked, stacked, and racked. That's it. That's the name of his new protein oh, Anything book. with the three. <laughs> the trees. Jacked with the three in it. That's it. Uh, how you doing, Greg? Do you think he writes Derek with a back with a three? Oh, absolutely. I've seen him do it. Is that why? In cursive. Do you think his parents named him Derek to have the E to put? No, it I in think the three? I think around high school when he started crushing creatine, I think is when he started adding in the three in his name. Do you think if he has a son, he's going to do that to his son, like Jared with a? Doesn't three. he have a son? No, a daughter. He has a daughter. Yeah, I think he's just going to name his son three. I think we should name. I think he's going to name like uh, like, like the Seinfeld episode. The Seinfeld, him, yeah. Yeah, we need him seven. Seven. He's just going to name or, his kid three. Um, what was the other name there, Chris? What was the other name? Seven and... I'm drawing a blank. Was it George's kid? Yeah. Yeah, George was going to name his kid seven. after seven, but there was a soda. Soda? Is yeah. Is kid soda? <laughs> yeah. Oh, for like seven up? No, no just, just soda. soda. Stupid. <laughs> but do you, do you watch Curb? No. Oh, man. I'm not... I don't like shows where the lead character is incredibly dislikable. Like same I thing that's, that's extremely likable. That's not that's exactly why I didn't watch that uh two and a half not two and a half men, the Big Bang theories cuz like that's not a real person. If that guy really existed, nobody would be friends with him cuz he was an a-hole. But Larry David is a real person. Like yeah, but it's I mean, based on him. Yeah. It's all based on him. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. My brother really likes it. It's really funny. You By should the way, try. My brother's podcast is uh, the Brady podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Soon I'm just going to tell Chris to put a watermark of, of your brother's podcast. He commented the on the picture today. He was like, oh, this is an awesome sampler. Heavy hitters. He was very excited. Yeah? Did he yeah. buy it? He was sold it's out. probably too late. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the West Coast. <laughs> so today we're going to smoke a cigar that I've been excited about for a while. And then we're gonna, we have a very cool topic. But first, let's get into the cigar. My dearest friend, um, Boofy Baby, Matthew Booth. Hi, Matt. Uh, released uh, not too long ago. Uh, last trade show, I believe. The Room 101. So the Room 101 farce was like his kind of big comeback cigar after his self-imposed exile, where I guess he went to the mountains and he grew a beard and he became a shaman. But then he released. So the farce was like his big, big one. Then he had the farce Connecticut. Um, he, he had a plethora of releases last year: the Doomsday, the 10th anniversary, the new big payback Maduro, and also the farce Maduro. So. Visualistically, um, same kind of band, the the open flower Room 101 logo, but now in this beautiful blue. It is gorgeous. It is a very nice. It's a blue it's you not, don't often not, see in the it's industry. It's not a navy, and it's not a regular royal. Is it a royal blue? I would, uh, if I had to pick it, I would say royal because it does remind me. Remember that I showed you that really expensive Davidoff, the Davidoff Royale yes. or the Davidoff Royal, the hundred hour yep. cigar one. Very similar blue. So because of that, I'm calling this royal blue. It's a nice blue. It is very nice. I always blue. think of a uh, liar, liar when I say royal blue, but that that pen is definitely just regular blue. You? That's not royal blue. Like the movie, liar, liar. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't really remember that. I remember like the movie. I watched it. I don't oh, remember like so royal blue. Good. Yeah, when he tries to lie about what color his pen is. I remember this pen is royal blue. I just remember in early Jim Carrey movies, there was a lot of sex. Like there was Ace Ventura when he slept with Courtney Cox. Yep. And then he has sex with that lady in his office in Liar Liar. That's pretty funny. And I remember being like four and five years old and like, you know, oh, Jim well, Carrey movie. And I'm like. But I'm Jim like, Carrey had never. Jim Carrey's 
was never had movies for a five or five, four or five year old. Yeah, but like when you're like you, how old were you when you watched The Mask? Like you're like I was like you know five or six when The Mask came out. Uh, I think I was at least past ten. But I'm older than you. Yeah, but not by a lot. Uh, by a lot. Okay. Six years. Well, I don't know. Anyway, he was always boning. <laughs> well, good for him. Jim Carrey was always was always going around well, getting gals. But you, you remember, like even at Dumb and Dumber, there was like a like he was gonna sleep with the lady. Remember, she's yeah, in her lingerie. Sex with her. Yeah, but it was it was implied. Uh, there's so many things that are implied. Well, those not not liar not Dumb and Dumber like, like Liar Liar was supposed to be like a family movie. It is a family movie. Yeah, it's a '90s family movie until yeah. all the restrictions and God forbid, eh, you know, true. you don't was wear Ace a mask. Ventura, so. and Ace Ventura was PG-13. Yes, that but was, but was a lot of family movies in the '90s weren't so like really family like i remember watching friends and friends like, was I, a family no no, show. no 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 but as a kid i thought well i watched it and then oh yeah they're all they're all dirty that, in that oh show. yeah that but big time but like home alone was the 90s that's like a typical home it's, it's not like he's home alone he like yeah, oh, oh I my parents heroin stash like there was no overarching <laughs> yeah but they're trying to kill a kid they were trying just to get. It's him. just like uh, watching any Disney movie. At, never, gee, all the parents implied, are dead. All the parents are dead. Don't tell me that them. at least one parent in a Disney movie is not dead and it's rated G. They, but they never really show the death. It doesn't matter. They're dead. No, they're, okay, but like death is G. They really showing a death. Death is, is not G. G. Okay, so not having sex. Having sex is R. Not having sex is PG thirteen. Or just having sex, like you just did it, and like it's the post, like PG thirteen, yeah, PG thirteen, like button up yeah, the shirt, yeah. it's PG-13. no nip, no yeah. nip slip, yeah, no nip slip, and you get one F word, that's you, know, you get one F word in a PG thirteen. Did you know? Ooh. In the Rock, Nicolas Cage never curses. Really? Yep. I got There's cursing in that movie. Oh yeah, oh, but he just says like butthole and a hole. Because Sean Connery curses at him. Like, when does go home and? Yeah. F the prom queen. Yeah. Like, Carla was a prom queen. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, this is Civil War uh, 4. I want to go to the gift shop. All right. Okay. So we, we got really, the. We really reared off. No, everybody. Very, now everybody's gone. Let's go back to Cigar Talk. Very complex smoke here. I have the uh, the specs right There's here. a lot of things going on in this bad boy. So Me- you're Mexican looking at. Mexican San Andreas Mexican, wrapper. Mexican San Andreas so wrapper. So excited. Very light. You're looking Don't at a you Sumatra think? binder. The filler is where it gets exciting. Oh, you know yeah. what's in the filler? Uh, Nicaraguan, mm-hmm. Dominican. Nope. I thought it was Dominican. Nicaraguan, Connecticut broadleaf. Oh, that's Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania broadleaf. broadleaf. That's what made me go. Wee. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna have some. This is gonna have a little little spin on it. It's gonna have a little bit. I'm I'm excited. I'm gonna cut this bad boy. I'm gonna cut this, this using is beautiful one of these I retro am. room 101 cutters, like these old fashioned ones. I actually might paint my room this blue. It is a nice blue. I, like I painted my room cabana it. blue. I recently did a review on it, and it looks like the blue just pops out, man, and the colors like it's so nice. On it's his room? No. Oh. Yeah, his, his, review his, on my room. His hundred and first room. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, how's my hundredth? Is it good? Not bad. Oh, all right. All right. So visually, again, very nice. Wrapper's looking good. You're right. It is a very light color for a Mexican San Andreas. I'm stoked. So let's let this bad boy up. I got this I'm awesome f- Lamborghini lighter. Got this. Can I get my 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 guy over there? Oh, you don't want to use this guy? No, I don't want to use this. Yeah. Hopefully find fuel somewhere in this place. What is this, Mad Max? we got to go find fuel? Yes. Chris gets that joke. I get it, too. Oh, I didn't know Why you were a Mad Max fan. Not a fan, but I watched it. Get this. This guy always gets shit out. Oh, 
good. This, this is, is extremely good. spicy right off the bat. It is. Like right off the bat. Good luck cutting that. You jabroni. I don't know why. Jabroni. Jabron. Ever since you told me about your brother's little podcast thing, I just keep calling people jabronis. I, I finally found a niche for him to do and like to make it successful. He's gonna he's gonna basically be like almost like a fake Alex Jones. Like he's just gonna rant and rave about conspiracies, but like not be kidding, but like just be insane. He, I was listening to his last one. He was talking about like the Epstein thing, and he's like, and sure enough, after I talked about it last week, Joe Rogan talked about it on his podcast. Guess he was watching. Take <laughs> this. Sorry. Uh, very interesting spice off the bat. I, I'm wondering where that's from. What size are you smoking? Oh, it says it's, no, a, it's, it's a Toro. It is a Toro. Not even it's. It is a Toro. Period. All lowercase. <laughs> Period. Period. That's Matt. Where's Matt for you? Fantastic draw. I can tell the ash is going to be good. Now it's getting a little bit into some richness. A few puffs wow. in. I didn't get much spice. It wasn't like an oh my god, like a like a my father you know, I got you. kind of spice, but more than you would anticipate from a cigar that is mostly made up of richer, sweeter tobacco. So you're gonna get like, you know, the kind of rich sweetness from the San Andreas, a more coffee richness from the Sumatra binder, then two kinds of broadleaf fillers, and then the Nicaraguan, I guess maybe the spice is coming off of there, or it might just be a more zany, zesty wrapper. You know, sometimes that happens in, in Mexican San Andreas wrappers. Very good so far, though. Very, very good. That burn is going to be nice, I can tell. So today, we are going to talk about some cigar terminology. Um, some of this is some slang. Some of this, it's basically just terms that if you're walking into a cigar shop and you say, like, this is something I want to do, I want to be a part of, these are kind of key words that you're going to need to know. Uh, first, to explain to somebody, like, what you're looking for. And also, if you just hear these, if a... If a cigar store employee or a cigar buddy of yours says these, well, you want to know what they mean so you can respond uh, and act accordingly. You can get by. Yeah, we want this is so you can get by. So, terms to get by in the in the cigar industry. There's Got the it. title. Secret, write that down. Don't tell anyone. Imagine that. if I, I was picturing him like pulling a quill pen and I'm like, oh, I gotta make take notes. <laughs> so, we're gonna start off with some obvious one. Oh, I got ash all over my. Already? Khaki pants. I think it was from the last one I spoke. No. We're going to uh, basically just uh, some basic ones first. Uh, filler, binder, and wrapper. So, again, if you're very experienced, you're going to know just about all of these. But, again, this is for people who are just unaware or maybe they've heard it and they think they know what it is. We're just going to give you a more clear-cut explanation. So, filler, binder, and wrapper. Every premium hand-rolled cigar is made up of three main components. This is known as your filler, your binder, and your wrapper. Your filler is exactly that. It's, it's you know, usually, at least in a premium cigar, um, long-cut tobacco, so, you know, longer. And uh, also known as long filler because it's, it's the whole leaf. And the filler is basically the, when you're looking at a cigar like this. Added a little bonus, bonus word in there, long filler. Yeah, long filler. 
So we'll get into that. Long filler and, and short filler are two different things. But So it's the tobacco that's taken. It's placed on the inside of the cigar. It makes up the, the body of the cigar, literally on the inside. This is where you get a majority of your strength from. Uh, and also you can use anywhere between. And this is also where you can kind of fool around with uh, unique and complexity because you can add generally between two to four or even five different filler tobaccos. Again, it's going to depend on different ratios. This is really where the science comes in of the blending uh, because you, you have so many options that you can put into a single cigar. So that, that's really where you can really screw it around. Uh, You've seen ones with more than three? Mm-hmm, there's been some. I mean, yeah. this one, even this one already has three. So, no, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, no, seen, I've seen up seen, to three. I've seen stuff with four in them before. Oh, yeah? You got to mean, also, when, when somebody says like Dominican filler, it's probably at least three different kinds of, oh, I got of you. seed uh, or, or, or a variety. So again, that's that's kind of your center. Uh, they make it in what's called the bunch. So they take the tobacco and then they, it, you know, they they basically it gets rolled and, and bunched, and surrounded by the next leaf, which is the binder. So the binder is the most uh, in, integral part construction-wise because it's literally what holds the inside together. Um, it's a it's usually a thicker, almost wrapper-esque leaf. We'll get into that later. That's wrapped around the the filler tobaccos to hold everything in place. Um, wrapper and binder tobaccos usually come from the same variety because they're going to be a little stronger, not in terms just in terms of flavor, but in terms of like actual toughness um, and the ability to kind of hold everything there. Usually, binders just happen to be discarded, like, you know, wrapper that was almost as good, but there was a blemish or something like that. They use it as binder because you can't see it, but it's still integral. It's still important to hold everything um, in place. Think of I even put it in my notes. Think of it like the tortilla that holds the taco together. And what's the outside? The ra- so that's the tortilla that holds this together. This is the chalupa, Ooh. the one like that gives you the softness on the outside, mm. but then you still have that inside crunch and Delicious. integrity. But this is the outside softness. I, I'm missing Taco Bell. I need to go back. So then we're gonna get on to wrapper. <laughs> um, everyone kind of knows what wrapper is. It's the outside leaf. It's the exterior leaf. Um, it's the most important in terms of quality in terms of flavor um and in terms of retail really because it's the wrapper that you see it's the part of the cigar that you see so it has to be the most eye-catching this is like what i said uh binders are usually the same kind of tobacco the same strains as a wrapper but they had a blemish they had too many veins and so they're utilized instead as a binder because they don't have that eye-catching appeal that wrappers do very hard to grow wrapper tobacco for a variety of reasons first of all like i said they have to be flawless um they also have color changes so basically you know they'll roll all the cigars and then there's you know a team of eagle-eyed uh workers in the factory who actually have to go and color sort the cigar even if it's like all the forest maduros and color sort them so that all the ones in the box look identical right because there's a lot of it could be very even if it tastes the same everything else is the same it could have deep color variation so Rappers Quality can control on these yeah. things are crazy. Yeah, wrappers can be finicky, but that's where you're going to get mo- almost 80% of your flavors coming off of the wrapper. And again, that visual aspect, that, that makes it appealing. That makes you want to buy it. So that's filler, binder, and wrapper. So kind of if you're, if you're at a cigar shop and you're, you know, somebody's you know, like, oh, try this new cigar, ask them filler, binder, wrapper. Um, they are going to be different. You know, you're going to have different experiences even with the same tobacco, but generally after smoking a few of each of each kind of variety you're going to learn like oh i really like a broadleaf wrapper i really like a san andreas i really like a dominican filler and you're going to be able to kind of gear you know steer yourself more towards your preferences by understanding those terms the next one we're going to talk about is body 
Now, people, this is often, often confused for strength. What? It is not the same. It is not the same. So when we talk about full body, it's more flavor. It's the flavor. And I use the same example every time, and I even have it written in here. Take a Natty Daddy beer. You love Natty Daddy. I don't. I don't, I don't at all. I don't know. You just love saying Natty Daddy. Natty Daddy. Daddy. I think you just. <laughs> Natty Daddy. You told, I think you bring it out because you like saying Natty Daddy. No, I bring it because it's a perfect comparison. So take Natty no, Daddy like and take Yingling, which is one of your favorites. Lager. Yeah. Say it right. It's Yingling. No, it's lager. I'm messing with you. That's what the Pennsylvania folks call it. They just call it lager? So if you go to the bar and you you ask, hey, can I get a lager? They'll give you Yingling. That's stupid. It's not stupid. That is, because there's so many different kinds of lagers. No, there's just one. Okay. Pennsylvania. <laughs> leading the way yet again. That's it. Commonwealth. <laughs> um, the Commonwealth. <laughs> you're, you know, so you know, gu- you're so gung-ho. You, 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 know, you know what I got my license the other day? The guy goes, welcome to the Commonwealth. I didn't know what to say. I just... Um, so, take Natty Daddy, the beer. Lighter in color, lighter in flavor, but very high alcohol content on Natty Daddy. They just jacked up the alcohol content. Now take Yingling. Darker in color, darker and richer in flavor, more in depth in flavor, but lower alcohol content than Natty Daddy. So, Yingling has, is a, is more, has more body than Natty Daddy. It's, it's, it has a fuller body, but Natty Daddy is stronger. So basically, when you're talking about cigars, take away alcohol content and put basically like like a matter of nicotine, um, or that that feeling, that buzz feeling you're gonna get. A strong cigar in terms, of, you know, in terms of strength, strong is gonna give you more of that nicotine, more of that ooh, fuller body is just gonna exude more flavor. You can have cigars that have a fuller body but a more mellow strength. Take for example the Ashton Maduro, my go-to example for this. Very rich, dark flavors off of its darker wrapper. Very mellow in its body. That's also where you're going to, because again, you're getting most of your body, you're getting most of your body and flavor from the wrapper, but most of your right. strength is coming from your filler. So it's depending on your ratio. It's depending on you know, the variety you used. You or can, what types of tobacco as well. Because isn't yeah. some tobacco stronger than other? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And also depending on how long you're aging it for and et cetera. Right. Um, like Opus X, they're still aged, but they're aged less than you would think because they want that spicy fullness like right out the gate. That's why an Opus X with about one year on it is as close to perfect as you're going to get. Um, this is one of the more controversial, controversial terms we're going to bring up now, and that is plume or bloom. There's a lot, of, a lot of heat for this on the cigar forums and in the cigar community, and I, th- I think it's because customers think this is some way of us like screwing them, but it's not. So plume or bloom is basically a crystallization effect that happens on the wrapper. Um, it's not super rare, but it's got to be under the right conditions. So typically, um, if a cigar is perfectly humidified, when it's a tiny bit moist, but in a much... What does it say? I was going to wait until later. No, I want to know now. No, I'm not telling you now. Okay, you got to tell me now. I interrupted like the whole in thing. in the midst of a conversation. I know, so I stopped anyway, so tell me what is that. <laughs> no. You're just going to interrupt me later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's a crystallization on the wrapper. Again, this this really happens in dark places. So basically, cigars in a tube are a perfect example. I saw this on the uh, Ashton VSG. I think it was, it was the Wizard size. There used to be a, a really good Romeo. I don't know if it was the anniversary. I can't remember the name of it. But there was a Romeo that came in a silver tube. Always had plume on it. And it's basically this white crystallization, like a powdery crystallization on the wrapper. And... 
it's basically a lot of the chemicals and a lot of the impurities kind of rising to the top, but it really only happens when the cigars are in a tight, dark environment for like a, for a longer period of time. This is a very good thing. You're, it is showing that this cigar is perfectly humidified. It is not going to get any better than it is right now. Go for it. Mold is different. Mold is when cigars are in an area that's either that's too moist, too humid, too hot, and they become very spongy, you know, very almost wet. And then you see it's more of a bluish green tint, and that's embedded in the wrapper. And mold spreads very quickly. Plume will not spread. It's only on the cigar that's under these conditions. Uh, so, plume. I wish I had one here. We should we should put one away as like a test, like a like a control group. But plume, you just go like like this. Just you can literally, and it should fall right off the cigar. Mold won't do that. Mold is embedded. But there's a big conspiracy within you know within the community that low conspiracy that plume was just invented by cigar retailers to sell you moldy cigars. I'm telling you, listen. If you ever get a cigar from us that has plume on it, and you're like, this is mold. I'm not going to fight you on it. We will gladly take that box back, and we're going to sell it to somebody who knows. You know, I, we might even we should make like a corner on the website, like you know, the plume corner. You know, for like, hey, somebody returned this. They said it, it had mold. We know it's not. Now, sometimes there can be mold. So, like, let us know. Take pictures. But there is no conspiracy. It is a real thing. You can ask any cigar expert, any cigar aficionado, anyone's been smoking for a long time. Um, and I also know because it. it Mold can happen anywhere. I've only really seen plume on like on finer cigars that are really taken care of. Again, Ashton VSGs in the tube. Uh, those those Romeos. Those were like eleven dollar Romeos. I wish I can remember what they were called. They were so good. They had a gold band. They were so so good. But they always had plume on them. So again, uh, there's also a, a, a nice article um, on our blending room page that where I go a little more in depth of the the chemical process and everything. So you can check that out. Can you? Can I smoke this for a minute? You can tell me your Snapple fact. Oh yeah. Story time. I think I feel like I have to get Snapple every time for the show just now to talk do. about my cat. Your big toe only has two bones, and the rest have three. Hmm. Interesting. Did, did do you remember the one I told you last week? I don't. That cows milk better when listening to music. Did you say that last week? I don't remember that at all. You remember that now. No, I'm sorry. I guess I said this to myself. Thank you for joining my head. <laughs> Greg's interior thoughts. I, uh, did you ever hear the, there was a one Snapple cap that somebody took, and it said, uh, like, two out, of th- two out of three of every Snapple cap is false. false? Yeah. But I'm like, all right, well, like, but then what if this is one of them? Right. But then if this is one of them, then it's right. It was like this, this mind screw. Did Snapple do that? Yeah. But it's so just, is this true or false? Uh, sure. Well, you know what's true? It is the best stuff on earth. I used to crush the lemonade iced teas when they first came out. Delish. I think they were better than Arnold Palmer. I think the, the Snapple lemonade like iced teas. Like the golfer? No, like the drink. Oh. Did you ever have an Arnold Palmer? No, I, I have. I just wanted to see oh, yeah. a you, You're a golfer. You, you chug that stuff on the course. No, my, my wife loves that drink. I'm not a huge fan. It's okay. You prefer that over Arnold Yeah, Palmer? peach, definitely. Love if, peach. If I'm going any any non lemonade iced tea Snapple, I'm just going for a straight up lemon, just regular. No regular peach, lemon. peach all the way. Eh, peach. I, I like eating a peach. I don't like peach flavored things. I love it. Do you remember the Sports Center commercial where Arnold Palmer was making an Arnold Palmer? Yeah, it was hilarious. 
I don't. They have great commercials. Was this like during the era where they had like the phenomenal commercials? Like, so, yeah. like the Posada coming through yep. the office yeah. and everything. Yeah. Ortiz wearing a Yankee hat. Yeah. Ooh. And the, uh, what's their freaking mascot? The green thing. Oh, the Oogie Boogie from yeah. Philly, whatever his name is. My favorite one is when the Oregon Duck mascot was in the office typing, and he looks outside, and he sees, like, ducks playing in a pond, and he just sighs. <laughs> so good. Quack, quack, quack. Next up on our list of terms, herf. If you don't know what herf is after watching all of us. I don't want to know you. Uh. Uh, but a herf is very simple. It's, just, it's a cigar gathering, if you will, a, cig- a cigar party, a cigarty, if you will. Um but it's, it's like a hangout of cigar community members. Sometimes they'll put them on their Facebook page like, hey, you know, weekend herf at my house. And it's just a bunch of people, guys and gals, smoking cigars. They come together. It could be at somebody's house sometimes. Um, if there's, like, cigar groups like BOTL or SOTL, they'll go to, like, you know, lounges and be like, oh, you know, herf Saturday night. You go. You talk about the industry. You talk about your favorite cigars. And a lot of times people bring, like, big traveling humidors and they do trades. Like, hey, I'm bringing – a bunch of Davidoffs if anyone's bringing something else and we can do trades. So it's, it's a really cool gathering of like cigar people. Um, I also have a few articles. Have you ever gone to one? Yeah. I've hosted them before. Yeah? Yeah, they're fun. Where? Here. No way. Yeah. I, when, I, when I was bigger on Reddit before I decided to turn my back on those people. <laughs> but yeah, I used to, <laughs> used to like, you know, like once every few months I'd like get a bunch of people in here. It was a good time. Everyone, everyone had fun. Nice. Yeah, and then Reddit just turned to like. You know, well, it, it, I mean, it turned it became to the Reddit. Internet. It became like more it became Reddit. The internet. Yeah, it, it's it's so. There's a whole Reddit community of just shit talking cigar people. Like every post is like, this guy sucks. This company sucks. That's it's dedicated to just like shit talking the cigar <clears> industry, <throat> uh, which I don't understand because if you don't like cigars, you just don't smoke them. <laughs> this is true. Like it's it's one of those things. It's like it's like you not just like, ruin the fun out of it. It's, it's not like water where it's like everyone has to drink water, so you get to cut. If you don't like the cigars being made, don't smoke them and do something right. else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But this is like just dedicated to shit talking, yeah. and so well, people need something to complain about. Well, very, so. it's, the Reddit, I you know, the internet as a whole, I'm not a you know, I, I have my issues with, but Reddit particularly happens to just be very very toxic environment where people just really just spew out their their hatred for no reason. They're all in their mom's basement, or their wife doesn't talk to them anymore. So now we're going to talk about draw. <laughs> so tell me how you really feel. So the draw of a cigar is basically how much smoke you're going to be able to pull through. Very simple. After cutting a cigar, you do what's called a cold draw, which is also another term. I might as well do both of them at the same time. Um, so as you place a cigar into your mouth, and you're just going to basically try to suck the air through it, um, and the amount of air you're able to get, and when it's lit, the amount of smoke you're able to get, shows how good of a draw it is. Now, there is a sweet spot, but you'd rather it be a little more open than a little tighter. A little tighter, right. you're going to have to really kind of suck to get the, the smoke out and the flavor and everything. A more open draw, then it, it's, it's probably a little either underpacked or it's too moist, and it can start burning a little hotter, and then you, you know, you're, you're going to feel you never... When you get to the real end of a cigar, like the real end, and it right. kind of gets really hot, like a lot yeah. of smoke is coming out, that can happen with an open draw. But it's going to happen sooner. So there is a midpoint where you want a decent, you know, between good and very good amount of smoke with each puff. Um, a cold draw kind of gives you that a sense of what it's going to be like. So after you cut it, before you even light it, take some puffs, see how much air you're able to draw. And then if it's kind of tight, before you light it, you can fool around. You can either cut it a little deeper you know, and, and futz around with it, roll the end sometimes to kind of loosen up if there's a knot in there 
or, or what have you, and that'll give you a, a much more open draw. So draw and cold draw. And then on the cold draw, you can get uh, a little bit of the You can also get a little bit of the flavor that you're going to be tasting as as well. I have a question about draw because I've always wondered, um, like, I guess the difference between a tight draw and a loose draw. Um, Could you explain that? Because I don't know the difference. So a tight draw is going to be very Try to draw on a cigar that's not cut yet. That's like a tight draw. Like, like there's barely anything. Like, on an uncut cigar, nothing's going to come out. But a tight draw, you're going to... What happens? Like, why does that happen? Construction overpacked. There's a stem in it. There's a knot in it. You, or it could be how you cut it. If you if you cut it uh, either way too low or way too high, where you really didn't get into that gap yet you where could it's also, supposed to be cut. You could also try to cut a cigar, a l- like, just a little bit off and see how... how hard it is to draw and then cut more and then maybe see if there's a difference okay a punch also uh if it's a cut issue just even if you cut it already just a little punch right in the center should loosen it up but sometimes you have a stem in there or it just wasn't packed right um i have had very few very tight draws over the past few years i think quality control is probably at its best ever right now in the american market so it's not something i'm terribly worried about but again there are degrees of good very good excellent and then too much so just always be on the lookout for that Next, we're going to talk about retro hail. This is for the fine, you know, high-end, falutin officiant. This is like the guys who spit the wine in the cup. Oh, yeah, I still don't know how to do this. You know, you've done it. I've seen you do it. Uh, I don't know if I do So it. retro hailing, now you've got to remember how much your sense of taste and your sense of smell are connected to each other. For example, again, always use this. I think I might have even use it in here. I don't know if I use it in don't here, but I, I use this example yeah. all the time. Go like this, bite into an apple, and go like this, and bite into an onion. They taste the exact same, like exact same. I don't believe it. I swear to God, try it. I've, I've done it. I heard this, and I'm like, there's no way that's true, and I've done it. It's true. Because you got to think of now, now it's just pure texture and, like, moisture, and they're very similar. They're both juicy. You know, you know moisture comes out. Both have that crunch. Both have kind of like a skin and then a, an interior crunchy layer. So without your sense of smell, you dramatically lose your sense of taste. I've actually dated two girls that have had no sense of smell, figures, but they also have a very limited sense of taste as well. And their sense of humor was probably impeccable. They were also the two most attractive girls, but I guess that's because they couldn't smell me. That's why I was able to get them. There you go. They were able to nab them up. But so, again, sense of smell. Is that what you look for in the profile? Yeah. No sense of smell. Can you smell? (laughs) Good. (laughs) No, I smoke. I used Aqua de Gio. It's very nice. Ooh, Aqua de Gio. And I'm I'm getting a brand new loofah this weekend. Wow. When I asked my roommate, I'm like, because he showers before me, I'm still getting out of bed. I'm like, how come every time you open that door to the bathroom, I'm like, my door is closed. I'm in my room. I'm like, I just smell this like bouquet of shampoo and soap. He's like, because I use the loofah. It like exfoliates the smell. Uh, but I just I think he, he just uses too much soap. He probably does. He goes through, I want to say he goes through <laughs> like an old spice, like body soap, two to three weeks, maybe two weeks. Okay. It's like the average bar of soap. Yeah, but no, but average bar of soap, but like, for the same price, you get like four bars of soap. I know. You, you, you can use a little right. less of the, of the yeah. juice. Um, so, <laughs> again, connected smell, taste. Davidoff, when we talked to Klaus Kellner, had, uh, we're actually going to hopefully be doing some more videos with them. He has a whole presentation on you know your, your savory part of your tongue and which, which cigars hit which kind of olfactory sense. It's very interesting. Wow. So retrohaling, basically what you want to do... Um, you're going to think it's the way people see people do it in the movies or people do it with cigarettes when you inhale the smoke into your lungs and then push out through your nose. It's not what you want to do. You do not want no. to inhale the cigar smoke into your lungs. But, and let's see if we can 
we will continue on here. By kind of pushing, even using your tongue, a little bit of that smoke as you're pulling it into your mouth, pushing it and releasing it through your nose, it opens up the profile a little bit more. So when you smoke a cigar and you're like, oh, I taste like kind of coffee and chocolate notes, and then you read like an online review from a half wheel or an aficionado and you see these really specific things, it's because they're retro. They retrohale a lot. I want to say they probably oh, do yeah. it every other puff. They're, they right. do it a lot. Um, but it is a way to kind of find those Easter egg flavors, those little right. hidden treasures in there. It really opens up the profile. Or boogers. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you clean out your nose. Use a Q-tip. Uh, but, uh, what? You do a Q-tip? He's a Q-tip. Yeah? No. Oh. He's my, he's my Bigger, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You're going to go to town. Yeah. Who, who needs tools? <laughs> Get it? 49? Anyone? 49ers were... The gold rush of 49 is what they're called the 49ers. Uh, wow. Okay. All right. So retro hailing, again, not not for everybody. can be difficult to do. I am a fan of it only sometimes on a newer cigar when I really want to see what's going on. But it's not something I regularly do, like I said, every other puff. But it can definitely enhance and help uh, change your experience slightly. It's really, like I said, open up that flavor profile. Only two more here, guys. Uh, we're going to go on to Lajero next. This is a, a buzzword you're going to hear a lot, especially the past couple of years. Your burn on that is fantastic. I asked mine oh, yeah. a little bit, but yours is, is spot on. That's beautiful. So Lajero is the uppermost leaves of the tobacco plant. Not the upper, upper. It's like the uppermost leaves that are grown in abundance. Beyond that is where you get the Medio Tiempo, and then you have like the kind of little flowers that sometimes right. bloom, also known as like the little coronas. Sometimes they take them off. Some, yeah, well, they, that was, I was reading up because I had to do this, this JR history that I'm putting together. Um, and during the cigar boom, that was a problem is they were taking these little flowers and like making them into cigars and the, and the consistency and the flavors because they, yeah. they were in such demand during the cigar boom. They were running uh -huh. out of stock. And that's actually a big reason why JR became profitable is when the boom ended exactly in 97, it was the first year that demand outweigh, uh, supply outweighed demand. It was like, there was 100 million cigars sold, but they had made like 250 million that year. Lou Rothman at JR bought them all up for like, you know, pennies on the dollar and sold them for nickels on the dollar. Right. And they, they were called Don Nobodies because he would always put just Don whoever in front of it and just make these. And then once they sold out, they were sold out. But he wow. did that, and that's how he, he made his empire. And also what a lot of people do, um, and we've even seen this uh, in, a, in a variety with the Sin Compromiso from Steve. Steve Saka, is they will pluck the bottom leaves first, and that way all the nutrients going into that plant is going straight to the Lajero. Lajero is classified as the... With the exception of Medio Tiempo, but those are few and far between, Lajero is the strongest of the regular kind of parts of the tobacco plant. Um, and they're, they've been in heavy use in the past couple of years as people want more complex, fuller-bodied cigars. They're really looking for uh, the use of Lajero. Now, the smart thing to do, uh, what a lot of people do, is if you want a cigar to kind of have those flavors but you don't want it to be overbearing, is you kind of place your Lajero in the beginning, Right. Of the smoke. So when yeah, you light it up, you're gonna this. you're gonna get that initial taste, and then it's gonna kind of go away. But as you're smoking, it's pulling that smoke through, and it's building up those flavors. So you're actually you're gonna find it again later, later. It's actually gonna get stronger and stronger and stronger, 
and more flavorful as the cigar is going because you're pulling all those flavors through. So a lot of companies will layer some Lajero in the beginning. Um, you know, then there's a lot of cigars like the La Florida Minicana is a double Lajero. The new Brimstone is a double Lajero. So a- any cigar that's double Lajero, even triple, like those are very heavy, very smoky, very full-bodied cigars. So if you're a smoker like Derek, something you want stay to stay away, away from. Stay away from Lajero. You want like... Valado as they go in the like, right. you want those you want that you want something nice. A little nice. A little nice, nice. cigar. D Money. That's that's his nick that's his name now. Oh, so yeah. JR, he's D Money. Your waters, he's secret. I'm Cigar Architect, he's D Money. And then there's James. Artful. Artful. Artful James. It sounds like a character out of like Mark Twain not Mark Twain, um Oliver Twist. <laughs> like wasn't the artful Dodger like a character in Oliver Twist? No idea who that you is. Guys get you wouldn't yeah, I know something? we're uncultured. Uh-huh. Next we up can, we is, just cancel it. Uh, what? We just cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> Canceled. Canceled. Uh, last on the list for today is the cap. So this is very interesting. The cap of the cigar is literally the, the top part. I can't really get more technical than that. But when you're looking at, at your average uh, Parejo or rounded straight cigar, so really quick, a cigar that's just a total regular cylinder straight all the way through with a slightly rounded top is known as a parejo. Anything that has any variation of that, any kind of tapers or angles or points, is known as a figurado. But a cap is basically a thin piece of tobacco, usually, you know, obviously a wrapper, that after the cigar is rolled, it is tip-tapped and, and placed on the top, right? you know, to, to, to cover the end. Uh, Cuba's famous for doing what's called a triple cap. You'll see these three lines going up. And then just above that top line is actually, like it's to show you where to cut it. So just above that top line is kind of like, bingo, that's where you want to go. Gotcha. Um, But there's a variety of caps. There's pigtails. This is is probably the more, like, industry-heavy term that I don't, uh, you know. uh, That's disappointing. Uh, this is one of the more industry-heavy terms um, that you, I don't see you really needing to use if you're going into a cigar shop. I don't think I've ever used it in a retail situation. But it's just, you know, it's it's fun to know. Um, it's actually really cool. So the company, the Altidus USA, either used to own or was owned by the same company as Revlon back in the day, uh, makeup. Right. So at TDG, the Tabacalera de Garcia, You'll see them, they'll, the cigar will be fully rolled, and then they take a piece of wrapper, maybe like that big, and they take an old metal lipstick holder, mm-hmm. and they go like that, and then they put the finger, they have like a little bit of wax, like the smokable wax yep. glue stuff. Take the cap, they put it on there, cigar's done. Yep. But they use these old Revlon lipstick Makes things sense. to cut it. I mean, there's other ways to cut right. it. But, it's a circle um, device. Yeah, circular device. But that's it. That's, that's, that's some lingo for now. We should do another one of these. I, I have a whole. Glossary, full of glo- a whole glossary that I'm literally, literally writing a dictionary. That's great. So, um, but yeah, these are these are just terms that are are important to know uh, for you beginners and and even people who have been smoking a while and maybe heard these buzzwords and didn't really know what they meant or were confused by them. Give you a little bit of a little bit of uh, info on them, so you should be good to go. Uh, overall, with the Forest Maduro, very good smoke, very rich, very fl- and I Definitely. think one of the best constructed cigars Room One Hundred and One has ever put out. I agree. Uh, up there with the big payback, uh, but this this ash is beautiful. I've never that that burn line on a cigar this long uh, is fantastic. So big kudos to uh, Boofy Baby. 
did a good job on this one. Good. A lot of jo- dark chocolate flavors. I do like dark chocolate flavors. Me too. Uh, I'm missing being able to smoke a cigar for like enjoyment soon. Soon. Because it's hard for me to smoke for one if I enjoy it without like a beer or a, I agree. Or a Manhattan. Oh, I want a Manhattan. I want to hear the shh. And then they pour it. And then like, would you like a lemon twist? I'm twist. Like, yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, please. 100%. Sure. 100%. 200%. Yeah. Give me all your lemons. 210. 210. Uh, but that's, uh, that's it for this week, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Greg, thanks for being here. Uh, I'm here. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. It's going to be really, really easy for uh, Chris to edit. Oh, Secret. Yeah. Good job as always. Thank you. Um, by the way, we will be doing a live stream of Chris's wedding. It is December 30th at the Ballroom at the Madison. Um, tickets are free if you want to come to Chris's wedding. You just got to bring a gift. Um, $10 minimum on the gift. You're going to get a wow. lot of Amazon cards. But also come dressed as your favorite historic dictator. That's a theme they're doing. Uh, Pol I really Pot. Thought I really thought you were going to tell them the actual date. <laughs> that would have been phenomenal. Pol Pot, Mussolini, whoever you, who's your favorite dictator from that history? Um, Chris has a very wicked sense of humor. Who would you go for? Probably Genghis Khan. Okay. You're too tall, though. Okay. You know what? <laughs> That's rude. I'm not going to your fascist party now. <laughs> your fascist wedding party. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, good night.